Coming up on Transformers University, we'll launch a satellite into space. We'll check out a volcano in Peru, and we'll find out just what happened to Cybertron after the last time we joined the Headmasters, right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Bricali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, tutorial archive, this podcast, TFU News and Views podcast, and oh, so much more. I want to welcome you to episode number 119 of Transformers University. This time around, we're rejoining the Headmasters uh, for three more episodes of the Japanese animated series. But before we get into that, I do want to just point you over to TFU News and Views. If you haven't been listening, I did two episodes just recently, uh, episodes 55, 56, talking a bit about uh, what the future might hold for Transformers, uh, the brand, and for toy collectors. So do check those out. I'll probably record another one real soon because there was a lot of news in the last, I would say, two days, two and a half days, and there's a lot to talk about. So... Keep an eye out for that, probably episode 57 of TFU News and Views, plus we got a whole summer of news and fun ahead of us. Amazon Prime Day is coming, San Diego Comic Con is coming, and then, you know, in October we'll have Toy Fair and New York Comic Con at the same time, so lots to talk about in the next few months around Transformers. But with that, let's get into the first of our three episodes of Transformers University. This episode, the actual title, Cybertron is in Grave Danger Part 2. The Shout Factory title, Planet Cybertron is in Grave Danger Part 2. And of course, our friends in Omni Productions and the dub says... Crisis on Cybertron Part 2! That is a very emphatic Part 2. Uh, but not without warrant, because uh, last time we were on Cybertron, the Decepticons were hatching a plan to blow up the entire planet. And we pick up with the Decepticon headmasters planting bombs. Zarek, or Scorponok, uh, as he's called in the dub, reminds Mindwipe, Skullcruncher, and Weirwolf for the need for secrecy. Uh, we meet up with the Autobot headmasters, who believe something is up. Then we cut over to the Predacons fighting the Trainbots. And uh, while they fight, uh, Bruticus is fighting Defensor, and Defensor wins. And Zarek pops over and encourages Galvatron that maybe it's time to change tactics and retreat. At Exposition Base, the Autobots, they have other plans. Right now, our best bet is to concentrate our forces and give them a final blow. Oh, my. But we also find out that Rodimus and the Autobots have found a way of extracting that new metal from the Cybertron ore. On Cybertron, Stunicons and Aerobots, they fire guns at each other, so the battle rages on on Cybertron. And Chrome Dome, out searching, finds Mindwipe and Weirwolf. Uh, follows them to finding Skullcruncher. We find out that Mindwipe has 30 cycles as he enters the Vector Sigma chamber, and he is going in there to set the bombs. Chrome Dome needs to warn the other Autobots and uses telepathy to do so. And we've seen this before, but now we get an explanation via our narrator. The technique Chrome Dome is using to communicate with his troops is a technique that he learned during a battle with the Decepticons on Planet Master. Only the Autobots can communicate telepathically. This is an emergency. Can anyone hear me? 
Can you hear me, Fortress Maximus? My location is 103 degrees south. Emergency! Can anyone hear me? That's an interesting little power that the, the Headmaster Autobots have of telepathy. Uh, it's It's been mentioned as part of of their abilities that they developed on Planet Master. And the uh, other Headmaster Autobots, they hear the call and they arrive and they storm the entrance to Vector Sigma. There's a big fight and Chrome Dome sneaks in during during the melee. Fortress Maximus, uh, well, Cerebros piloting Fortress Maximus arrives to provide a distraction for the Headmaster Autobots to enter uh, under some heavy fire. Later on, Mindwipe then finds Vector Sigma and Chrome Dome finds him planting the bombs. Mindwipe plants the bombs successfully and then flees. The Headmaster Autobots find Chrome Dome trying to defuse the bomb and help out. They don't know what to do, but they know they need to get these bombs off and the clock is ticking. But the Autobots fail to defuse the bombs and head to the surface to warn the others. Zarak decides Galvatron needs to know what's going on. Lord Galvatron, we'd better retreat now before it's too late. It's you again. Don't come bothering me. I'll decide if we retreat or not. If we don't do it now, the planet will explode in less than 15 minutes, sir. This place will blow up in 15 minutes? Ha 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 What the devil are you talking about, Scopinark? I'm serious, sir. The explosives are already planted at the Sigma Computer Center. What? You planted time bombs? Who told you to do that? I'm not going to take the chance and let the Autobots get hold of the new metal cyber. This is the only way I can think of to stop them. I have no other choice. You idiot! Just who told you that? I'm going to disconnect it! Hang on, sir! It's too late! Shut up! It's all your fault, you stupid idiot! Look what you've done now! That's right, Galvatron. It's all Sound Blaster's fault. Back at Exposition Base, they plan to evacuate and do so via the robot train. Galvatron is seen charging towards the Vector Sigma chamber and gets there just as the bombs explode. And guess what? Cybertron explodes. The whole planet just blows up. Uh, and we find that uh, in in space... Space! Rodimus and the robot train land on Cybertron, and Rodimus inspects the wreckage of the planet. Fortress Maximus was right. Commander, please come back to Sydney with us. No, thanks. I think I'm going to travel a bit for a while. Travel? You're going away? Hmm. I think the time for Transformers like us has passed. What will happen next is a new generation of Transformers. I'm gonna look around. I'm gonna look for a place that is peaceful. So that we can all live the rest of our lives there without any wars. But sir, we need a good commander like you to guide us and lead us too. Don't worry. I've got someone in mind. Who's that, sir? From now on, you'll be the new commander, Fortress Maximus. You're the best choice. So good luck to you. I guess he's already made up his mind. So, Fortress, take care. I'll see you all again soon. So, yeah, you know, this is a good point to pause before we continue the story. One, uh, Cybertron exploding is kind of like the most um, memorable and long-lasting effect from the Headmaster series. I feel like that's something people who, who haven't watched the series eventually find out about whether they watch it or not. And so Cybertron's blown up. It's there, but it, it's like half a planet, uh, if that. Um, the other thing, Rodimus going off to kind of like 
find himself uh, becomes a theme for Rodimus's in the future. Uh, and, and it kind of starts here. Uh, and, and so something we see with Rodimus in later iterations, such as the IDW iteration, where he will go and try to find the Knights of Cybertron. Um, Rodimus going off on these quests is certainly uh, a pattern with the character that we see throughout the history of Transformers. Now, Cup, RC, and Blur, they all want to join uh, Rodimus, but this version of Rodimus is kind of sexist. Wait, RC, I'm afraid you have to stay here. Uh, why is that? If you come with me, who's going to take care of Danny and Wheelie? So with that, Rodimus and, and pals, uh, they peace out on their boys' trip, and uh, that's it. That's the end of the story. And so this is uh, probably one of the most important episodes of Headmasters in, in that they've blown up Cybertron. That's going to have a ripple effect for things to come. It also puts Fortress Maximus in charge. It kind of pushes away the old guard from 1986 and firmly moves into 1987 and the 87 cast and what we need from them. And so that will lead us to episode two. Now, the actual title and the shout title are both the same. It's uh, The Shadow Emperor. Scorponok, but the Omni production title? King of Shadow, Scorponok. So we start on Athenia and we reflect with Arcee, Wheelie, and Daniel uh, about Rodimus leaving. It's kind of a quick recap, and we find out that Wheelie is kind of depressed. Chrome Dome shows up uh, and says a party is about to start, and Goth Wheelie is born. What party? They're all boring. And trust me, Goth Wheelie will show up <laughs> many times in this series. Fortress Maximus, and I say that in quotes, it's really Cerebros and Spike, they have an announcement to make. This Solar One satellite that they've built, a collaboration between humans and Cybertronians, is planning to be launched. Everyone celebrates and it's a big party. People are drinking Energon. Hardhead, he wants twin cast to transform. Hardhead likes to sing karaoke when he has a little too much to drink. And will we hear Hardhead sing karaoke? Of course we will! <laughs> and if you recognize that song, it is the Headmaster's closing theme from the series. Um, we've talked about these songs in uh, previous episodes. Chrome Dome, in the party, decides he's going to uh, ask RC to dance. And I think I'm going to turn this into uh, a gif or jif, however you say it, and put it up on Twitter. Because, look, Rodimus is gone. Springer is gone. Chrome Dome's making his move elsewhere. The Decepticons are wondering what happened to Galvatron. Scorponok has some news. Listen, Lord Galvatron's still alive. Really? Well, where? Where is he right now, huh? He told me not to tell anyone. Uh, he also told me to tell you all that I'll be away for a while. And until he comes back, I'll take his place. I will be his deputy commander. My orders are to be his orders. Understand? You know, this explanation really feels to me like Scorponok's like, Mom said I was in charge. No, you don't have to ask her. Mom said I was in charge. So while he's mom saying I'm in charge, Cyclonus, Scourge, and Soundblaster don't quite believe him. We head back to Earth where Solar One satellite is about to be launched. Chrome Dome explains it is uh, made to absorb solar energy and beam it back to Earth. As he's doing his exposition, Ratbat is spying and is caught. 
transforms into bat mode and flees. Back on Cybertron, Cyclonus and Scourge, they feel Sound Blaster is kissing up by using Ratbat to spy. And they feel they need to get a head start ahead of Sound Blaster to get in Zarek, Scorponok, uh, whatever you want to call him, his favor. So they recruit the Predacons to destroy Solar One. The Decepticons, they arrive at the launch site and Raiden uh, fights Predaking and the Headmaster Autobots uh, fight and stop Cyclonus and Scourge. Predaking defeats Raiden and heads for the rocket, but the Headmaster Autobots and then uh, Raiden, after he pulls himself up, uh, stop Predaking from destroying the rocket. The rocket launches and the Decepticons flee. Now, I'm not quite sure, but why don't the Decepticons just destroy this thing while it's in space? Space! Well, Chrome Dome actually has answers for that at a press conference. Mr. Chrome Dome, we are very pleased that the launch has been a complete success. But aren't you still worried that the Decepticons may try to sabotage it? That's possible. But we're going to do whatever we have to to protect Solar One because it is the symbol of friendship and cooperation between Earth and Cybertron. So the Decepticon Headmasters, they plan on using Solar One to power Scorponok's body, which we still haven't seen yet, but we will see in silhouette throughout this episode. Uh, at the launch base, Six Shot attacks while the Decepticons move in space. Space! towards Solar One in order to steal it. And they do so successfully. Now, Cerebros needs to uh, calculate the course of Solar One. It actually uses the Fortress Maximus body and computer that is inside. And the weird thing here is that the computer inside of Fortress Maximus is like a computer mainframe, um, but it has the Fortress Maximus robot head smashed on top of it in completely different colors than the computer. Like, that's totally his head sitting there. It's it's very weird <laughs> piece of animation. Now, Solar One is floating around a cloud of gas in space. You find out that cloud of gas is hiding what is referred to as Planet Zarek. Uh, this is a small planet where the Decepticons are building their new base. We find out that uh, the Headmaster Autobots have figured out these coordinates, XY0878, and they are on their way there. They get there and they get attacked by Weirwolf. Solar One is transferring power into the gas cloud. The Headmasters continue to fight, and uh, they win. The Autobots win. And uh, they figure out the cloud is a new Decepticon base. Chrome Dome had promised to return Solar One to Earth, but they can't move it because they find out via the Decepticons if they move Solar One and try to take it back, it will explode. So Chrome Dome has a new plan. Okay. If we can't get it back, then we might as well blow it up. So the Autobots, they set charges, and they blow up Solar One. And that destruction removes the cloud of gas from planet Zarek and reveals the Decepticon base, and we hear giggling sounds of a shadow robot. I wonder who it could be. As for the Autobots... Everyone is now looking forward to the launch of Solar Two. All right, so we need titles for Solar Two. Solar Two, the sequel. Uh, Solar Two, Electric Boogaloo. Solar Two, Solar Two, Sunny. In Philadelphia, I'd feel free to come up with your own. On the Decepticon base, that shadowy robot continues to laugh, and that's where we end. Now, this episode, uh, again, it, it does it, the plot is moving along fairly slowly, um, and this is no exception. So instead of, say, getting the Scorponok reveal, we get an almost Scorponok reveal, and we find out how they're going to power his body. Uh, but that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> and uh, we get a lot of fighting. Uh, this one is is this one is a good one overall. 
but like I said, the pacing is, is just a little strange uh, as we try to move the story along. And we'll talk about our next episode right after this. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. And speaking of pacing, <laughs> just weird placement of an episode. Episode 12 is called The Dormant Volcano Mysteriously Erupts. Uh, that is also the Shout Factory title. And the Omni Productions title is The Dormant Volcano Erupts Again. Uh, I don't have the sound for that, otherwise I would have played it. But both titles are terribly bad. Let's start with the actual title. The Dormant Volcano Mysteriously Erupts. Mysteriously? Um, that's what volcanoes do. <laughs> they do either erupt or not erupt. There's no mystery around it at all. And then the Omni Production one, uh, the Dormant Volcano Erupts Again. If it was dormant, then erupting again wouldn't really happen. It would either erupt or not erupt. Uh, again indicates that there were this was the second time that it erupted. Now, as I mentioned about pacing, this episode, is, it fits weird. It looks weird. In fact, I had it as episode uh, 13 uh, in most of my notes, and, and, and I think um, the Shout Factory DVDs have it as episode 13, whereas episode 12 is actually the one we'll cover next with episode 13, so they're swapped. But according to the air dates and according to TF Wiki, this is the next episode. It's also weird because the animation isn't as good on this one as it is on previous episodes, as almost if uh, a different studio was doing it. Everyone's heads seem um, a little off, a little large, like they're playing in big head mode in NBA Jam. So it's, it, it's certainly a, a strangely animated episode, of course. The other thing is that this episode feels like, for the most part, it could have taken place much sooner in the sequence of things because uh, nothing really happens out of this episode that um, affects the overall storyline. So... Uh, with the exception of, of one little bit, most of this episode you can pull out and f never see again. Um, and and your experience of the series would not be any different. But let's experience the episode anyway. Uh, it starts with Tremors in the Andes Mountains in Peru. So we meet Papiro, or as he's called in the Omni Productions version, Bobby, a Peruvian boy with a donkey named Kuro, or uh, as we find out in the dub version he's called hugo uh, he also has a sister who also has a donkey that's older and they are in peru and an earthquake happens at exposition base the autobots are studying uh 
the gas planet that we saw last episode, uh, Planet Zarek, and uh, Twincast and Ramhorn send Steeljaw to investigate. On the planet Cha'ar, Zarek plans with Sixshot, and the work continues on this giant robot in Planet Zarek. We see the building of the giant robot, and and we find that Octane is working there as um as a slave driver essentially uh, with the beast formers that we met a few episodes before uh, as the slaves building the robot. Back in Peru, a volcano erupts, and the Autobots head there. And we find out that this is all part of Six Shot's plan. Uh, the Predacons attack the Autobots, and the Train Bots undertake the fight with the Predacons. The Protectobots, they head to the volcano with the Villagers, and the Decepticon Headmasters arrive and defeat Defensor and the Protectobots. At Exposition Base, Ultra Magnus struggles with decisions. But if we leave here, then the base will be totally undefended, won't it? So what happens if the enemy attacks us then? But still, if we do nothing, then all the Villagers will die. Yes. Yes, Ultra Magnus, that's why you're making a choice. So the Headmaster Autobots and Wheelie, uh, along with Spike and Daniel, they hop aboard the broadside airplane to help uh, the Peruvians. Laserbeak is spying on the Autobots. Uh, the Headmaster Autobots arrive and fight the Decepticons on Earth. The Trainbots leave Predaking to help the villagers, as do Spike and company in the broadside plane, and none of them can get close to the volcano. Grimlock, there's only one way. Let's go up and ride the wind. What? Wait, I don't quite understand that from the dub. Um, the dub also calls riding Grimlock. And instead of riding the wind, uh, the, the subtitled version from Shout says they should charge over it. Uh, so they ride the wind and they touch the midnight sun and make it to uh, the villagers. Uh, the headmaster Autobots, they wrap up their fight in Chrome Dome heads over to help the villagers as well. The villagers, they're all boarding the robot train and Chrome Dome helps and helps get Bobby and Hugo uh, to board and they're some of the last to board. The train escapes and the village is destroyed. And Chrome Dome, for some reason, thinks this is all a diversion. The Decepticons and Scorponok, they have another plan. When Cybertom was blown up, it created a lot of plasma energy. This plasma energy is floating in the universe, so all we have to do is collect it. It's an endless supply. An endless supply of energy? That's amazing. The day I reveal my true identity will be the day that Fortress Maximus and his forces die. Plasma? Plasma. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, yeah, the, the dub gets me with idea and plasma every time. Uh, but we find out that Steeljaw and Ramhorn, the Autobot cassettes were spying. And I, I think this might be the first time we've had Autobot cassettes successfully spy on the Decepticons. And in, and in a complete reversal, they get discovered and flee, and Sound Blaster gives chase. Back on Earth, Wheelie and Daniel are playing with Bobby and Hugo and his sister and his sister's donkey. And while this is happening, the Decepticons, uh, the Headmaster Decepticons, arrive and hold Hugo and Bobby hostage. And this is a very odd bit of animation. As they're doing so, the larger donkey, Alyssa's donkey, which I believe is Hugo's father, uh, rams Skullcruncher and saves Hugo. The Headmaster Autobots fight and win, and Hardhead is impressed with the donkey. Well, it looks like it's all thanks to the donkey. He saved us. Yeah, that's right. 
He ignored his own safety and charged towards the Decepticons in order to help Bobby. That donkey showed great courage. Incredible. On Earth, even the animals have love and courage. That's really amazing. You think they take a donkey with them everywhere at this point, right? So back at Exposition Base, Twincast plays the findings of his tape buddies, and the Autobots prepare for their next adventure. So when will the King of Shadows, Scorponok, show his true face? And then what will happen? Also, where is Galvatron? And what is behind this whole mystery? What kind of an enemy are the Headmasters facing? A new crisis seems to be looming for the Autobots. One thing is for sure, the more powerful the enemy becomes, the stronger is the Autobots' determination to wipe them out. And again, the plot moving along slowly. I guess this couldn't really have occurred earlier because you have the Autobots, uh, the Autobot cassettes spying on the Decepticon uh, build of Scorponok. But for the most part, everything else is just a distraction. Really could have taken place in any other story, right? So again, this, the, story, the story arc plods along in this. Um, this is my own personal um, issue with anime in general is that the stories at the end tend to be very good and the stories overall tend to be good, but the road there is a very slow upward climb and that's what I feel like we're still doing here with Headmasters. But that'll wrap up these three episodes. And we've got a fun one next time around. Something we haven't done in a while. So you want to find out what it is? Stick around. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702 702- pod for tfu or send an email to info at tfu.info be sure to catch us on twitter at tfu underscore info and on facebook and instagram under the username tfu info all one word also please subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash tfu info where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments reviews and live coverage of transformers related events such as new york toy fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And that will wrap up this edition of Transformers University. Next time on the show, we're heading back to Europe for a little bit, and we're going to talk Young Corky books. Now, if I remember correctly, we finished the Find Your Fate, Junior, books from the United States because there were only six. We've done a handful of Young Corgi books, but there are two left from 87 that they got in Europe, and we're going to talk about those. So getting um, text stories for some of these Headmasters characters in in what is essentially a completely different uh, universe, right? Uh, So we'll have some Western stories around some of these folks. It'll all be next time on Transformers University. And we'll cover every every possible outcome of these books. Uh, they take a lot of work, but they are a lot of fun once we get into them. So until then, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of the show. If you're part of the Patreon, thank you so much. I love you. If you've used our Amazon links, thank you again. Um, and please, don't forget to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info. That is 
where I hang out when I want to talk Transformers, uh, modern and old. Uh, it's also where I take pictures whenever I'm opening something new and fun. So swing on by at TFU underscore info on Twitter. Until next time, I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info. See ya.